Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. And we're back. This is Drew Sitzwith. I'm joined tonight with my good friend Ryan Schwartz and Zach Chuka. <laughs> How we doing? How we doing? Zach, glad to have you on the show, man. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Zach and I have actually known each other for a really long time since middle school, middle I think, school, right? Like seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah. Um, since then, him and Ryan have stayed pretty close, and I've kind of kept in touch peripherally, but um, always a good time. And uh, we have this kind of connection through lacrosse, so I think that's why I thought this would be kind of be a fun episode to talk about that. I was not a huge lacrosse player. I played for a long time, but I wasn't wasn't very good. But I, I love the culture, so I think if you're a good, like a perfect spokesperson for playing lacrosse. Yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, lacrosse was a big part of my uh, career, you know, growing up in, you know, middle school and high school, um, even in college. So it was, you know, fun experiences, you know. It, it It's tough to say. I think the best part of it was around, like, the teammates, you know, the guys you met, everything like that. Your brothers. Your brothers, the camaraderie. <laughs> Part of the tribe. I, I feel like that's the best thing about playing sports in general, man. Yeah, you know, um, you really get a true sense of brotherhood. You know, who has your back and who's <laughs> <was> a bitch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were talking about somebody earlier who would maybe fake or complain about certain things, <laughs> or would kind of like you know, or there's other people that like you're like you know will literally get their ass kicked just to you know try to make the play or whatever the fuck, but. Um, so, okay, let's let's start. Introduce yourself a little bit. So, uh, I'm Zach Trupka. You know, I went to uh, Bartlett High School. I uh, played college lacrosse at Aurora University. And go Spartans. Go Spartans. <laughs> um, you know, um, throughout my time at, you know, through high school, I played Bartlett lacrosse, played for true lacrosse, had many different coaches, you know, played for de- many different showcases, many different tournaments. Um, you know, when I went to college, we went to the NCAA tournament, we traveled down to Georgia, you know, it was, uh, something that I always wished for. It's, it's really cool. And so for the folks at home, you were a goalie. So you were kind of in a different position than everybody else. You know, you is the least athletic. They had to put him <laughs> somewhere. No, 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 <laughs> no. See, you're like the head of the team, you know, yeah. you're, the, you're like the last defense, you know. And, you know, that's the way I see it. You know, I, I played football growing up, you know, even in high school, I played football a little bit. But when I played football, I was a quarterback. And that's kind of how I related being a goalie in lacrosse was you command the defense. You tell the defense where to go, what to do, so they don't score a goal. You know? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you're commanding a defense that's – you're basically the quarterback of that of that defense. Yeah, you're calling the shots, so it's like I feel like a lot of, of shit translates like leadership wise. You know, like mm-hmm. if you know how to like talk to people, you know how to read people and know what works. How to, I guess, motivate them in a sense, or just command a fucking team, get a team organized and shit. But also, you have to be good enough and prove to those guys that uh, you can also stop the shot. You got to be you know. worthy of that leadership, too. Right. Yeah. You can't be calling shit out and then, like, it's not even really <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. But, you know, that's something that you got to gain between, you know, your team, you know, and that's what I go back to saying about the camaraderie and your brothers is you really got to trust one another when you 
you're on the field, you know, on and off the field. You got to tr- be able to trust each other and know that you, next guy next to you, has your back no matter what. Yeah, especially in lacrosse, you can just you'll get like blindsided almost sometimes. You could get smoked, but uh, <clears throat> okay. So you played for the high school team. So I went to South Elgin High School. Zach went to Barlett High School. We played together in middle school. He was on the travel teams and stuff like that. But I would do summer camp and fall ball stuff like that sometimes. So we would play a lot together. I felt like yeah, right? you know our teams definitely. were inter- interconnected because we lived so close to each other. Um, so when did you start playing? I started playing in seventh grade. You know, I was a midfielder, you know, defense, you know, wasn't very good. Didn't really know how, you know, what to do. Didn't have the best stick skills. Um, And then I switched over to goalie. You know, it wasn't full percent. You know, I stepped in for two games when I was in seventh grade just because we needed a goalie. A goalie was going to be out. And um, he stepped up, you know, stepped up. And I, (laughs) I went to my dad and I told my dad, I was like, Dad, I like this. I get to play the whole game, you know. Because <laughs> Coach you know, puts me in. <laughs> like, I get to play the whole game. You know, when I was yep. a midfielder or a defender, you know, I wasn't very good, so I didn't get to play the whole game. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of changed my mentality of, like, this is what I want to do. So, you know, somewhere between seventh grade to eighth grade, I put my full focus on playing goalie. You know, I did as many camps as I could, you know, even if it was summer leagues, fall leagues, in winter leagues, you know, if it was indoor, I would play for any team I could just to get better at goalie. You know, I would do goalie camps. You know, I um, I actually joined True Lacrosse. True Lacrosse really changed my life. You know, they, they're a company that all they're centered on is getting kids to the next level. And it's, you know, anywhere from nine, eight years old, seven years old to – Kids in junior year of high school, just getting them to the next level and making them a better player, you know. And a big part of that was the owner. You know, it's crazy to say, you know, the owner of the company, his name is Mike Gable. He um, he was my main guy. You know, I did lessons with the owner of the company. He oh, played yeah. professional lacrosse, you know, so he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, I was even in high school and I think I did a project on Mike Gable. Like nobody <laughs> knows who this guy is, but like yeah. me and my family, but it's like Yeah, it's a hero to you, man. Right? You know, and it was like yeah. he basically taught me everything I know and that got me to the next level, you know. I started playing in 8th grade of, you know, and being able to go to college, play college at the at the college level, he got me there, you know. He taught yeah. me how to get there. And it's like True lacrosse is they do they do what they say is they get players to the next level. Yeah. I also feel like a big role of a coach too is like getting you to think that for yourself or actually take yourself serious because I'm sure when you were like your second year into playing lacrosse, you weren't like thinking that far ahead. But if you get one on one time with somebody who has that sort of pedigree and he actually kind of instills that confidence in you, I feel like that's half the battle is like knowing or believing that you can get to that level and knowing the, the framework or the path to get there, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I was saying earlier that it's interesting because you're a goalie, and so there's less – almost nobody wants to be goalie for whatever reason. It's just, like, not a lot of people want to play a it. A lot of people say that I'm, like, crazy. You know, It like, is crazy. I would like, never like want to do that. that I'm, like, psycho because I want to play goalie. Yeah. I played defense, and at a tournament, our goalie got injured, whatever. I had to go in for the second half. You know, they're like, you're the tallest guy. Just stand there, basically. <laughs> it's terrifying, man. People are ripping shots at you, and you're trying to anticipate everything, and you can't really see. And 
half the time you're just standing there and you're just waiting. And then out of nowhere, the whole game comes right to you right. and you have to stop the shot. You know, there's it, so much pressure. It's, you know, it's a lot of waiting, but it's a lot of like anxious. Like it could go zero to a hundred at any second. You know, yeah. but I feel like that's what it seems like on the outside. You know, that's what it seems like from your guys' perspective. So, you know, someone who doesn't do that, you know, all the time, you know, once you start doing that all the time, you get to know tendencies. You you get to see what the shooters do. If they're on one side of the field, they're only going to shoot to certain positions in the goal. So you can almost anticipate where the shot's going to be. So that helps you save it. You know, right, and you don't have to be, okay, he's going to hit one of these five spots. You go, oh, he's only going to be aiming for one of these two shots, so I just have to higher low. You know? Exactly. You know, it's it's all – it comes down to percentage and, like, numbers and certain players only can shoot from their left hand or they can only shoot from their right hand and – it really comes down to the doing film and doing studies and on and seeing what players' tendencies are, you know. And if it's well communicated throughout the defense, I mean, Drew, you played defense, you know, um, at at the high school level. You know, there's not as much film and you know studies like there are, but not they're not as in de- in depth, you know. But once the defense knows what's going on and the goalie knows what's going on and this guy is only going to go going to do this certain thing, then everyone knows how to stop it. You know, we right. can stop that certain player. You said that most attackmen are left-handed, right? So you know, oh, they're you know, right? Yeah, you know, if they're left-handed, they're only going to shoot to you know two specific spots on the goal. You know, that's pretty predictable. You know, yeah, it might be at a different yardage or at a different speed they might shoot it, but. There's a good percentage you're only going to two percent or two spots on the goal, so that's almost you, you can put ninety percent of your focus it, into that. Yeah. yeah, you know you can almost guess, and you have a fifty percent save percentage if you guess. Right, isn't isn't that what they say about soccer? You just pick left or right, you just jump one right. side. The yeah. whole <laughs> yeah. it, the the skill is not in like being able to catch or deflect the ball. The skill is anticipating where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, and then and that's the half the battle is anticipating. You know. Like, something that I learned is, Drew, like you said, you were just told just to stand there right. and you and not do anything. But in reality, you got to attack the ball as a goal. You got to step forward. As the ball's coming toward you, you got to go after the ball and get it before it comes to you. Interesting. And it's like, that's something that I was taught that's very, very important because if you just wait for it to come to you, anything could happen. It could tip off a different stick. It could hit someone's body, like... But if you go after it, you have a better chance of saving it. That makes sense. I'm trying to think of some cool goalie stuff. What about like slamming kids getting into the crease? Did you ever you ever lay some kids out? So or? you know, I definitely laid some kids out. You know, <laughs> but you know, like uh, there was this one time specifically, I was doing a summer camp, and so True Lacrosse is owned by Mike Gable and his co-owner is Jake Dean, and um, I was doing a summer camp, and Jake Dean was a professional. Uh, LSM, so that's a long stick mid. He, you know, plays with a long pole, but he's a midfielder. Oh, yeah. Um, and he uh, he told me, he's like, you're a goalie. Stay in the goal. Like, you're a goalie. Let the defense do their job. Defense is supposed to be outside of the crease. Goalies are supposed to stay in the crease. You're a goalie, not defense. Right, okay. And so, like, that kind of changed my mindset because, you know, growing up, I played football, so it's like, Everybody wants to hit everybody, right? You know, <laughs> you, know, you, you want to hit somebody, but it's like <laughs> you gotta you gotta know your role. You gotta know your role. Gotcha. So you're saying the the further along in your career, you maybe stopped 
hitting kids as much or yeah and you know you gotta you gotta <laughs> you know zach was just bullying the shit out you know you gotta Dude, kids talk take, shit you know? too that's a huge kids, part of it it's kids like kids talk shit the refs are on all on that side of the field everyone was just like shitting at each other <laughs> but you know it's depends sometimes it's nice sometimes you know, you know the kid that's or, part that that's part of the game you know talking shit is that's what makes it fun that's what yeah. makes it a good time but you know when you lay someone out you know Sometimes it could be illegal. You know, I've had an illegal, <laughs> a couple of illegal hits before, but it to me, it's worth it. You know, if yeah. it's gonna, if it's if gonna it sends s- a message, if it sends a message, if it's gonna save a goal, like it's a hundred percent worth taking for a sure. penalty for it. For sure, yeah, yeah, I agree. I bent uh, my shaft on a kid one time. Like I was, I, I hit a kid like Pause. slant right, slammed him, whatever. <laughs> Got the ball, picked the ball up, and just like launched it right, cleared it downfield. And then everyone's like, get off the field, right? And I run off. And the, the it was bent, not at like a 90-degree angle, but it was, yeah, it yeah. was fuck, fucked up. See, yeah. dude, at, at college, and that's like, that's the thing is at a college level, you know, you got to pick your shafts like pretty, pretty smartly because you can have like, you know, a very popular shaft is like a composite shaft at the high school and like the youth level because it's nice and it's nice and smooth, but it's like... <coughs> At the, co- at the college level, if it's a composite shaft, you're going to hit somebody, snap and it. it's going to snap right in half. Remember you those dragonfly so shafts? Like, it, exactly. The <laughs> dragonfly shafts are 100% co- composite, so right. it's like those things snap so easily. Yeah, I remember the bamboo shaft, the bam shaft. That was like this huge the, thing, and same thing, the, the long stick, the defender one time just broke it right on something. It's like, that was, okay, yeah. I, I got to buy a new fucking shaft. You got to go buy a new shaft, so it's like. You're looking for, you know, something that's like something aluminum, metal, but it's it won't bend, you know. And at the end of the day, it's going to bend after some wear and tear. Yeah, exactly. You know, but that's major of the game. So what about stringing your stick? Because the string is all a big part of it. Everybody has their own mid pocket, high pocket, all the different shit. I got three shooting strings. Oh, no, I only use what, you know, everyone's got their own style. But you have the goalie stick, so you've got this huge, you know, where do you even put the pocket? Where do you, how do you and, and, you know, that's the thing is, like, the pocket, it didn't really matter to me. You know, it How far could you throw the ball? Probably, like, almost full field. Right. Probably, like, full field <laughs> with the goalie stick. That's crazy. But it's like, you know, that's, like you mentioned, throwing the ball. That's the biggest part of it is, as a goalie, a lot of people think you got it. The biggest part of being a goalie is saving the ball. But it's. It's getting the ball out. Right, safely. It, it, yeah. it, it, it's yeah. the transition from off or from defense to offense. You got to move quick. Because you, you initiate that, yeah. You know, and and you got to throw dimes, dude. And, you exactly. Know. You know, guys on a run. You got that's the biggest part. So you know, like you mentioned, stringing a stick. You know, if I'm being honest with you, I never strung a stick. I don't know how to string a stick. I always just had someone string it for me. And it's an art form, man. It, it's an art form, you know. But it's something that. I was always like a, an adapt guy. I was like, all right, you just got to adapt. It's not something that, okay, I like this or I don't like this. It's, all right, give me something decent and I'll figure it out. Okay. And then if I'm being honest, you know, I went to college and I wasn't the – there was four goalies my freshman year. There was a junior, a sophomore, and two freshmen. And I wasn't the best out of all four of them at saving the ball. But I was the best at clearing the ball, at getting the ball out, at throwing passes, and it's like good shit. At the college level, that's almost the most important thing because it's such a fast-paced game compared yeah. to high school. Is you got to save the ball and get it out. Yeah, 
It's super interesting. That's dope to come in as a freshman too and kind of have that like confidence. You you probably took a lot of that skill set from like being a quarterback playing football, right? Yeah, and you know it's the same kind of thing. It's all about just being able to see the field, you know, and seeing who's open and being able to get it out quickly and on time and accurately. Right. You know, there was, you know, it's I don't I don't want to brag or anything, but you know, in college there's this um one point where I was the backup goalie over a sophomore when I was a freshman. And our coach was brutal. Our coach was so <laughs> brutal. And one time in practice, we're practicing, and he's upstairs in the in the press box, and he's you know he's on the microphone, <laughs> and while we're practicing, and he's coaching our practice up in the warm and the heat in the press box, and he yells out to the sophomore goalie, he's like, Joe Artiste. You wonder why you're a backup, you're, you're a third-string goalie, because you can't throw the fucking ball. Damn. <laughs> and it's like, Across the loudspeaker. Like, like, make sure everybody speaker, heard like, that shit. Make sure everyone heard it. And it was like, you know, that kind of makes me feel good, you know? Yeah. Like, when he disses your competition, that right. makes you feel better, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, dude, like, you know, it wasn't, you know, you can ask my teammates, you know, I never, you know, a big thing, Drew, and you, you heard it, is hit the wall, you know, right. just go play wall ball, throw mm-hmm. the ball against the wall just to get your stick skills better. Yeah. I never, I never did that, you know, it's right. You know, <laughs> like I never did that, you know, like I don't remember in, ever seeing a goalie like, do that, you know, like in college, you know, like it would be like, all right, you know, we got to go hit the wall, you know, we're going to go hit the wall. Cause you know, there was like a, a racquetball room that we had where you could just sit there for hours and just hit the wall. Boom, 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 yeah. And it's like, you can work on everything and anything and it's behind open the back, to anyone. The shoulder, yeah. Behind legs, the back. Everything, or, like, yeah. And that was almost like a, like a test, like we had in college a wall ball test each year, and it was like a certain how many can you do with your right hand within, uh, I think it was a thirty seconds, and then how many can you do in your left hand with thirty seconds? Right behind the back, you know. I think I forget what this one's called, but like where you cross over, and it's I think it's like the euro step you know, of like, lacrosse. Yeah, like the you know that's <laughs> that's we're not even talking dodges yet, man. This is. Uh, Pick and roll or... Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, where you're here and you just throw it like that? Yeah. You just... I don't you know, know if it's offhand or something. Yeah, like, I don't even know backhand. What you know, backhand or... You Google, know. do you think you could try to pull some... Uh, nah, it's not really my job. <laughs> it's not my role here. I'm just playing. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, but... Uh, but, you know, and it was, it was a test, and it was, all right, you know, you got to... You're at this number, you got to get better. You got to get this number. So, like, coach would almost tell you, like, you got to hit the wall, man. Like, you got to hit the wall. Yeah. And, like, even in practice. And, Drew, you, I feel like you would kind of know this. You know, high school practice, you know, a lot of balls get thrown around. You know, people are lazy in practice. And, like, right. like people are missing passes and throwing the ball all over the place. You do that in college. Our coach told you to get out of the drill and go hit the wall. Yeah. Like immediately and he the guy would be on the wall for the for the rest of the practice. That's hilarious. Yeah, because when you watch a <laughs> when you watch a real college game or a professional game, there's there's no drop passes. That doesn't happen where in a high school game it would be I mean there's definitely drop balls. Yeah, like that, right. You know? you know and it's like there's no drop passes. All the passes have to be in the perfect spot. You right. know, it's you, you can't make any mistakes. Right, exactly. All, all the gear, because there's so much shit like that, like the eye black, the the two bar in it. Zach was probably a double eye black guy, like, 
full Marine commando. Right. I right. would imagine, no, no. dude. I was, I was always just a Rock single line. Sevens. Just a single line. Okay. Sometimes I would do the sevens. The sevens are kind of cold. What's the sevens? Like inside? No, I always did the... I always did the... I think it was... I did the outside. Okay, all right. See, outside. everyone's got their own little style. <laughs> so it was almost like a like a, like a square on because like you'd put like a like ninety that, degree angle, like a ninety degree angle on both sides. Right. So I did the backwards, inside out. But it doesn't matter. I would never really wear that. That's like if you're going to a tournament or like a big playoff. If somebody game or had something. it, you're like, oh fuck it. Right. You know. I don't know. I remember one time somebody got like a bunch of caffeine, like just like spiked it in the water. Everyone just got hyped up on caffeine before the playoff game. You know? Pre-workout, dude. That's kind of smart. Yeah, bro. it was probably pre-workout. Yeah, now that I think about it. But, yeah, uh, that's smart. It's just so fun. We did like a lock-in. So our coach, um, Kyle uh, from Tribe. Right, yeah, exactly. Kyle he Pepich. was awesome, and he was really cool. So we had, we had the Barlett High School coach for my first two years, and then after that we switched because – he was cool, and he, but he was old school. And what it was, was his like, name? Like Vince Trombetta? I'm totally I blanking on all Vince. these names. I, I don't remember his name. He was this kind of tiny little guy with a beard. He was he was real nice. He was a hard ass. But uh, but uh, and then Kyle also was building the Wasn't whole it indoor. Mike Poliani? Mike was the young guy. He was like a younger, kind of like chubby. Yeah, guy. he was huge. Yeah, he so used he was to the play goalie. For Bartlett. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he was kind of his. He was his sidekick or whatever, yeah, or like yeah. second coach or whatever. Um, yeah, they were cool, but we, we phased them out, got this other guy. Kyle built this huge indoor, is it the Life Center or something? Uh, it's it? a Light Zone 360 in uh, West Dundee. Yeah, really, really cool. It's like, what, three indoor turf fields or something. There's a basketball court. There's like a, a huge weight room, all this stuff. Yeah, they, that place is unbelievable. They have like a workout room. Like, um, you know, I think that last time I was there, it was a couple of years ago, but they had a boxing ring. It's crazy. They had a boxing ring in there, and it's like a whole bunch of turf fields. They have a full weight room. Yeah. Like, I think they have a, even a bar and food, and it's an unbelievable yeah. facility. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. So the entire time that he was building it, basically once the first turf field was down, it was like, we're going to practice here. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, was, it really changed the game of the whole team. Like I said, I was never very good. Um, and then I ended up not playing my senior year. I got um, mono, so I didn't play, but I, I played basically, you know, Summer, fall, spring, every fucking year, you know, you yeah, run yeah. with the team. Then my senior year, they went to state and they won, and I did not play out that year. Is that say that's so it's uh Murphy's Law, whatever. But, um, <laughs> anyways, because of this indoor facility, it completely changed the game of the team. He like made it very professional, and it was you could, again, it was a lot less drop passes, it was it was more of like an oiled machine almost, you know, it was like this, yeah, and you know, and he built level. the like infrastructure to, yeah. Get a good team going. It was and get really, a good really system. Cool. And that's the thing is like, you know, we had you know, uh, for because I played for Bartlett, you know, and Bartlett and South Algern are you know huge rivals, huge of course, rivals. Buck Fartlett. Yeah, you know, <sighs> <laughs> what you know, South Algern, you know, it's it's a huge rivalry, and you know that's what they had over us. I'd say our senior year is definitely that indoor. You know, that definitely took. Oh yeah. He yeah. took the advantage over us. So it was always St. Charles teams would always win, right? And then Barlow would always beat us. Like, South Ocean was the shitty team my freshman year. And then by the end of it, we basically dominated everybody. We beat everybody. See, and it's like, I would, St. Charles, you know, and that's where I, uh, um, that's where I'm kind of iffy on, you know, because I was on varsity, you know, since my sophomore year of, uh, of high school. And that's crazy. And, um, I was, I should have been the goalie my sophomore year, but I was the backup goalie. You know, I did get a, a decent amount of playing time. Um, who was your goalie? Uh, we had Brenner Wallace. 
I don't remember him. He was a he's a year older than us. He was actually our quarterback for Bartlett High School. He was pretty good. No shit. Um, so brings our, it all back to uh, what you're saying earlier. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and um, we had some really good players. You know, we had juniors and seniors that were, you know, could have easily played D one college, D two college, D three college. You know, Vito Deperdi, Anthony Deperdi, uh, J C Gruberic. You know, those are all names that played college lacrosse and it's like yep. those are all guys who really led our team and Fred, you know Frank Barry's brother yeah Brett, yep. Brett's br- older brother dude he was he was a legend on the he on was the a field. beast he um so he was at Bartlett and he was like always like the go-to guy you know he did face-offs but then you need a goal give the ball to JC he, he'll take it in he'll give somebody the body yeah and he'll score a goal but, you know, he went to uh, Illinois Wesleyan for college, and he turned into just a face-off guy. Really? And he, he was actually one of the top face-off guys in Division Three. That's crazy. Wow. So um, my freshman year at Aurora, we uh, our face-off guy, his name was Corey Seeger. He, um, him and for J- the fucking Dodgers? <laughs> him, and, uh, him and JC were actually, like, the top guys in Division Three, like, face-off That's percentage. That's crazy. It's crazy. So again, Ryan, to maybe somebody doesn't know, there's all these like really niche positions, like he was saying, long stick midi, the face off guy. There's like you said, there's dudes will just do the face off, win the ball, pass it off, and then get off the field. You know, it's it's that, that's their only job. It's crazy. That's it's dope. Job. And it's that's this dope. crazy weird fast twitch skill. Like once the whistle blows, you have to try to clamp down on it. There's like different ways to try there's to do it. You kick moves, it out. You try to yeah. run past and push it backwards. You know, this whole it's. It's really, really and cool. And it's just, you know, you win the ground ball and you pass it off, get it to the offense, you get right. off the field. Right. That's, you have to be a that's allowed and lacrosse is like subs like that yeah. real time. It's oh, yeah. it's almost like hockey. You know, the substitution where you're just like Continuous, rapid. yeah. You get the sub inside the box. Because in basketball, you know, they only, you can only sub in a timeout or a stoppage, you know. Okay. Timeout or free throws or foul or whatever. No. Yeah, it's in and out. That's cool. People will get called on it, like if a guy's off or early or late or whatever. And, you know, know, that's, you know, it's something that changed. You know, substitutions in college is is unbelievable. Where, Drew, you're used to, you know, subbing through the box. Right. That is, like, kind of what goes on, you know. But so, say the off we have the ball and we're on offense. Instead of an offensive player going through the box, they'll run, th- they'll take a defender off the field and then they'll put an offensive player on the defensive side. Okay. And then if we're going to take someone off the field from the offensive side, they run to the midfield. Gotcha. We send the offensive player on, they run off of the field, and then the defender run stands back on. Right, 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 right. So it's almost like you're ahead kind of, yeah, right? Yeah, so, so it's like you're almost like, ahead. You already have the player on the field. He's standing at the midline, yeah. but he can't cross until someone else comes back onto the defensive side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. So it's like it's a very fast-paced, you know, transitions are huge. You get in substitutions to the midline, having a defender step off. But it's like, you know, that's very big on your offensive guys to be able to hold the ball. Right. You know, don't lose the ball and hold the ball. So while you're doing these subs, you get all of your offensive guys that you want on the field. Right, get the get the proper lineup. Then also, again, with the goalie, he catches it. You're, you're like, okay, you're like – you know everyone's going to sub right now. You kind of hold it. You walk out a little bit. You know you're kind of fucking around. You know, and then you and then you launch it once everything's set. You know, up, you know? and it, it kind of depends. You know, it's uh, you know that's kind of you know like the setup. You know, is you want to you know slow the game down, take your time, you know, uh, make the smart passes. 
But, you know, the biggest thing about being a goalie is almost is getting the ball out quick. It's transition. It's you want to transition from defense to offense. And by doing that is if the shooter is taking a shot, he's not going to be ready to get back on defense right away. Yeah. So whoever is playing on my team, whoever's playing defense on him, as soon as he takes a shot, they're breaking up field. Yeah. So then I they'll be wide open so I can hit them, and that's a fast transition to offense. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, yeah, you want to slow the game down, but if you can hit somebody on a straightaway and they're going downfield and they're transitioning into offense, that's exactly what you want to do. Yeah. Braveheart, overtime. Is this – I always thought this was so crazy. It was so interesting It's because it's not real, but we would do it sometimes, you know? Like, it's it's so weird. But You know, Brave, Braveheart is – you know, it's very interesting. You know, it doesn't happen often. It's, you know, where I think it's after overtime. You know, overtime is – Right, you double know, overtime, double the overtime, game's still tied. It's still tied, you know, you're still going. And I, I think it's just one player and one goalie. Right. And, you know, they do a face-off at midfield, and then whoever has the ball, they get their shots if the ball goes out of bounds and the other team's there and the other team gets the ball. They got to go the whole field and right. just one-on-one, take the ball the whole field and try and score a goal. Yeah, so it's like in hockey with a shootout, but – with a defender with and a it's defender. full field. Right. Yeah, and full then field. I, I f- maybe this I'm off, but I swear we've done it where it was a goalie, a defender, and a midfielder. Yeah, and but that's maybe an, that's different. I think that's like a <clears throat> actual structured, you know, overtime, okay. gotcha. you know, compared to Braveheart. Braveheart, you know, is you know, something that's kind of like a more fun type of yeah. type of deal. Again, it'd be like at the end of summer league or something. All right, we're gonna do a Braveheart. Or yeah, something, you know, yeah. something like that. And but. it's like you know, so I did a camp. Um, I you picked your best guy. It was like a big honor to be like, all right, you know, we got to put our best guy out there. You know, yeah, right. You're all around the, guy, the right. fastest, who's good on defense, who's good on offense. You can't make any subs. Right. Exactly. You know, so I did a camp. I forget where, uh, like, what kind of camp it was, but it was at Benedictine uh, University when I was in high school and. You know, and it was one of those things that you stay overnight in the dorms, um, and then you do your camp for like three days in a row. And um, I played in a game, and we did a Braveheart, and it was so nerve wracking. Yeah, and it I'm was sure. like you had the entire camp up in the stands, they're on the field watching this Braveheart. Yeah, and it's like I was the goalie. The other team had the ball for, like, they won the face-off. They had the ball. Just like, all right, the, this is it. The, I was like, damn, we're about, we might, we're about to lose this Right, shit. I'm about to lose this game. <laughs> and it's like, this is all on me. Like, and so the guy took a shot, hit me right in the chest. It, and it, it didn't hurt, you know, I had my padding on, but it hit me right in the chest, picked it up, threw it, threw it to uh, my teammate. He went down the field, scored a goal, and all it was right. game over. That's it crazy. Was, it was awesome. That's what's yeah. awesome about Braveheart. It's, it's either yes or no. You know, you're either the victor or you're the loser. You know? Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you know, but to be able to be a goalie and to make that save, yeah, you know, man. because if they have a – if it's a one-on-one and they have an open shot, yeah. there's a good chance they're going to score. Right, or they just you know? You know, fake it up and down or, you know, roll in between your legs. You know, they can yeah. do anything. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's shooter's choice at that point. Right. Know? So it's like to make a save and then to be able to – Get an know, assist, basically. You know, get an assist and then win the game. And it's like, yeah. this is awesome. So have you ever scored a goal? So, again, hypothetically, Zach could walk the ball up as the goalie, cross the midfield line if uh, a midfielder stayed across on the other side. You have to have the same amount of people on each side. So the goal would be empty – um, right? Can a defender stand in the goal? A defender can stand in the goal. Okay, right. So, but still not the same. 
and then Zach could run across the field and shoot on the other goalie. Like that that does happen. Like if it's like a blowout fourteen to two game or something, it's like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> you know, Zach tried to score know, a goal, I, you know. I, I, <laughs> That's I, fucking hilarious. It's like dude. send the juggernaut I, I, I've across. Done, I've done something similar, you know, I not necessarily try to score a goal in a game. You know, but maybe like an indoor game. You know, I've right, definitely right, right. tried it in like an indoor game. I think I've definitely scored a goal. In you your know, goal? There's a, there's a, Drew, I think you know about it. There's an indoor place in West Chicago. Um, That's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, I forget the name of that place. but It's in, <laughs> super it's, tiny. It's in West Chicago. And I think I was there and, you know, I, pl- I scored a goal, like yeah. as a goalie running across the field. <laughs> I didn't go like all the way up to the goal. I took like a long range shot. <laughs> but it's like, I, I'm pretty sure I scored a goal. That's pretty badass. Yeah, that place was sweet. I remember... Um, he was a year Dude, older he than got us. kicked out, and <laughs> he would always start fights. And yeah. <laughs> we actually he was the goon. Like he, we had a kid. We had a kid at Barlet who was worse. Oh, who was it? His name is. I don't know if I know. He was him. like a year younger than I'll us. I'll cut that name out. And <laughs> he didn't want to cut the next part out. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was there. He got kicked out. Like he can't return to this place because he. Oh, like for some reason, I don't know why I wasn't there. Wait, Wait, like, I like wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't playing in the game. It was the game after me. So I, re- I already left cause he was in the JV team and he got kicked out of like the camp. Like he can't return to yeah. that place. Uh, yeah. You kind of have to, I guess. <laughs> it was bad. Can't go around doing that. There, we had a kid who had a sibling that was handicapped and somebody called him a certain name and he freaked out and like threw his gloves off and like beat the shit out of this kid. It was like, you spaz on the dude. That's insane. Which I get that, you know, that place was, uh, <laughs> the place was bound to start fights. You know, it's an indoor place. Yeah. You know, you got a bunch of, uh, it was glass. It was like the was ball glass. ricochet everywhere. Yeah. It was nuts. <laughs> and it's like, if I'm being honest, you know, and you know, a lot of people will tell you this, I'll, Bartlett and Bartlett is very well known for being like a, not necessarily a lacrosse team, more of like a football team where we like to hit. We like to gotcha. cause More cause problems. Like even past our time, you know, my uh, sister's ex boyfriend, he was the one who got me started into lacrosse. You know, right. so when he was playing at Bartlett, you know, four or five years before us, they were known as the goons. They were known as the football, right. the football players trying to be lacrosse players. Bruisers, yeah, the bruisers, and it's like that's kind of. Kind of, you know, that place. I incorporated really that into my. <laughs> it was like a training camp, yeah, because that was winter, so it was indoor, and uh, you'd have to wake up early on a Saturday morning and go in, and it yeah, was just nine like, a.m. games. And yeah, you got just a bunch of a bunch of high school kids that just want to hit each other and right. but play lacrosse at the same time, <laughs> and it's just chaotic. Yeah. But so I was gonna say, we're in one of those indoor games, and uh, we're playing, you know, and you're running really fast, and a lot of subs and everything, right? Anyway, comes off. And he, he grabs his water bottle and just, like, takes, like, a big, starts chugging it. And he just explodes and starts puking. And he's like, oh, my God. It was vodka. His dad had filled up a water bottle of vodka <laughs> oh for the game and gave it to him. And he just, like, guzzled it down. <laughs> it was so nasty. He was, like, green. He, he couldn't play for us again. Yeah, it should be. I'll grab him. Pause. Should I, should I stop this recording? Cool. You're going to talk, talk on the mic, please. Oh, are we recording, sir? Are we on? Yeah. Are we live? We're live. Let us hear it. Who cares? 
There's a Trump video where he's doing a press conference and someone coughs and he goes, if you're going to cough, leave the room. Oh, that, oh, that might be there we go. go. Now it's live. How are your cans? I was like, a little Kev's hot. doing the show. Okay, yeah, so, ah. uh, and we're back with Kevin Schwartz. Turn it up for him. Ah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. So they were just talking Welcome, about Kevin. lax for like... Yeah. First, first segment. But, so, okay, uh, Schwartzy, you've been sitting here patiently, but he would ridicule me for playing lacrosse when we were in high school. He was he why? played baseball. He he roasted me all the time. What were some fun names that you would call kids that played lacrosse? What what's some? I don't remember. I feel like you might be traumatized by it, so you probably remember better than me. But I don't. They don't remember uh, making fun of me. Foot fairy. This? No, I remember making fun of you. I just forget the names I would use. Foot fairies is for soccer, I think. Yeah, right? but yeah, something like that. You know, I think uh, a good one for baseball players was uh, like they get they like to go play in the sandbox. Right. Yeah. It's just a big old sandbox, like they're just playing in it. Is that like? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's just it's like you're a child. Child. Like oh, yeah. Never mind. We were real men playing Braveheart. We're hitting each you other. Want a I was gonna ask you. Here you go, bud. Thank you kindly. Great tasting. Less well, I was fun. never. Uh, I was never a super baseball hardo, you know. Like I, I played baseball my freshman year, but I was never like, you know, super hardo baseball or like anti-lax. I quit baseball to go play lacrosse because <laughs> I was trash at baseball, and I went to go be. See, that's what I feel like a lot else. of people do is like, <clears throat> you're not coordinated. It's like, okay, I'll go play lacrosse. Damn, it worked out well though. <laughs> worked out well. You got to be coordinated yeah. to be a goalie. True. Yeah, <laughs> be coordinated, more coordinated <laughs> to be, you know, catch a lacrosse ball. I think that's probably false. <laughs> that's probably bullshit. To hit a cylinder, oh, what is? What do they baseball that's players the always biggest say? Thing they yeah. say? Trying oh, to hit yeah. a round object with a cylinder, cylindrical, cylindrical object. But that's just. I feel like that's a talking point, you know. Of but course. No, I. I think. That's I think true. there's the some. Some lacrosse is it. way harder than baseball, though. We can all agree. No. No, the That's hardest hilarious thing, that you no, say that. No. There's so much more running. There's so much more. How yeah, hard is it? Yes. Physically, it's harder. How much coordination? How much practice do you need to learn how to run? Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, now throw in it's somebody. Instinctual. Now throw in somebody. Oh, it's sticking a ball. Now throw okay. so, throw in somebody hitting okay. you constantly. Right, Try someone's to hit whacking you on the arm as you're throwing the ball as you're running forward Staying and you're passing. Your hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's Try fielding a ground ball at whatever 90 miles an hour. It takes a bad. There's no hop. defense you have to, grounding the ball. What do you mean? Try doing a ground ball. There's nobody trying to hit with you. Defense. Yeah, no, it, with in that, in that, yeah, that's a whole aspect that has nothing to do with ba- baseball. Does not have that at all. Exactly. But so you're talking about coordination. That's <laughs> much more coordination, less practice. athleticism. But yeah. there's ground balls it's in less lacrosse. physicality, more, more technique, more finesse, more technique. Yeah. You have a ground. Right? You have a ground ball coming at you with nobody, like no defense, versus a ground ball with seven guys trying to get that ground ball. And okay. Like, there's, it's so much harder. Defend your point, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> I'll I don't say think we care as much as you guys do. I, I think don't. you're I a little. I'm coming in hot for no reason. I just been thinking about Lee <laughs> Ross all week. You know, preparing for this conversation. So I've really been hitting all the talking points. He's got his okay. uh, talking points. The thing about up. baseball is, yeah, if we're comparing it like defensively, baseball is like. When you play defense in baseball, that's the closest comparison that you can get to playing lacrosse because you're trying to get the ball, then you're trying to throw it over here, do whatever. That's probably lacrosse is harder than playing defense in baseball. But then in baseball, you also have hitting, 
which is a completely different skill, and it's super fucking hard. That's the hardest thing to do right. in sports, and everybody that knows anything the best agrees pe- on The best that. players in the world only get on base one out of three times. Yeah, but that's not right. why it's hard, I think. But it's that's just, a, that's an example of People overuse that, like, oh, you're okay, but great if you do it three times out of ten. Could you compare that to shooting, trying to shoot a goal? I mean, what, what's the shot percentage? Is that it's probably 30% not. No, because the ball isn't coming at you fast as fuck, and then you have to hit it perfectly like you have yeah, you the can't ball. just hit it you, you have gotta hit it where you're shooting it right. where the defenders are that's like, throwing. To that's like throwing instead of judging where the ball is going to be and when it's going to be there within half a millisecond and then going through the swing and getting your perfect technique on the swing right it's hard as fuck okay i'll stop i'll stop so, ridiculing wait, you guys. Know, let me ask oh. you though Okay. Let me ask. Oh my God! He's, he's googling got why is lacrosse harder. Got, than he's the doctor. Phil. He's no, like, I got, got some papers here. You, know? you got Max Scherzer, who is the top paid pitcher in the yeah. MLB, yeah. making forty three point three million dollars a year. Oh yeah. He only technically works once every five days. That's how valuable he is. Once every five days, that. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't bat. Pitchers don't bat. The NL League just added the DL, so pitchers aren't batting at all. Yep. Why is he getting paid DH. this much money? The this value he league. brings to his team. To work once every five days. Crazy. It's not, not worth it. It's oh, insane. I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't, like, rather be him. But I mean, if I was him, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would. That's the best be gig, him. yeah. You know, but. You know, yeah. Like, is it, you know, could we solve the homeless problem if we cut everybody's salary in half in the MLB? Probably. Right, but then but also. It's economics. Isn't right. it better that the, uh, the players. Max Scherzer are- makes more than the entire fucking Major League Lacrosse combined. Oh, so. yeah. Right. So have you been following any of that shit, like the Water Dogs and all the new teams? No, I know there's a big, you know, the PLL is trying yeah. to make a big. Paul know, Rabel, you like. Know, strong yeah. income, and, you know, mm-hmm. he's trying to, you know, push it forward. You know, I don't really pay attention to much. You know, I was never the one to watch college lacrosse, you know, consistently. Yeah, I, me neither. I wasn't that invested into it, you know. You couldn't even, like, find the games on TV. It just, like, wasn't yeah, really around. Yeah. You know, they're all on, like, ESPN3, or you got to go to the right. college this college and website and stream it. They're at yeah. weird times, so it's like, yeah. I was never the one to watch those. But, so, like, I've honestly never watched a PLL game. Yeah, me neither. You know, it's... It's I not watched something like that's part of a college game. One, time. I would go to a live game. That'd be fun. Live sports are always better if you were at a live lacrosse camp and it was yeah. an actual like at a big, you know, like a Chicago Fire game. If it was at that level, right? You know, right. That'd be awesome. But I don't think they're getting there. And I think this new PLL. I don't know if you know anything about it, but they basically they don't have any home teams. It's they have like eight teams. And then they have like eight stadiums that they all play at around the country, and then they rotate each week. So the the Bears could be playing the Packers in fucking Florida. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't – so it's kind of weird because, you're like, how do you get a fan base and for you know, each team? I know and there was an MLL, which is Major League Lacrosse. Yeah. And, you know, I had – growing up, I had one of the coaches, and I ended up having the opportunity to uh, work alongside of him. Um, but he actually played for – it was like <laughs> – the Columbus You're getting them real close with all these guys. Uh, it was like the Columbus Outlaws yeah, or something them. like that. Yeah, the teams are kind and, of weird. And it was like, <laughs> but I, I guess the PLL is taking over Storm, and they're taking that over, and so it's kind of like not even a thing anymore. I don't know I any – I think Paul Rabel, like, bought him out or something because he, he played for, like, the Cannons, the D.C. Cannons or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the only team from the MLL that has – 
been transferred over to the PLL. Oh, and then okay. all the other teams are brand new. It's like the the Whip Snakes, the Water Dogs, the Redwoods or something. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's I've weird. seen a whole bunch of stuff. I haven't Chrome. really looked into it I've followed all. a couple of teams. Witty, who was one of the past guests, he's he kind of gets into it. I think Barstool, they kind of like, I don't know if they're getting paid by them or they just kind of like hype up this like kind of niche they, sports league. They bought league. a stake in uh, Water Dogs. Okay, I get it. That's right. the big, big cat, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Again, I think it'd be cool if they if it kind of got popular to go to a game. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. If something's in Chicago, you know, Chicago's a good destination. You know, I wouldn't be opposed in going. Yeah, it'd be fun. They got rugby in Chicago too. I hear ads on the the radio. What about high lie? You guys ever seen that? I hear that's like huge in betting. It's it, that's huge in like Miami for whatever reason. Right. Is that what is that? Is that like it's pickleball? Like, pickleball it's like another you, one. It's like a thing. Think of like a sickle almost, oh, yeah. that where one. you throw yeah. it against the wall, but it, they, it's like dangerous. The as ball's fuck. made out of stone. It's like a carved. Yeah, piece of and like if it hits you, it's going like a hundred some miles an hour, yeah. and like it's huge. Yeah. so it's faster a, than lacrosse. Okay. It's faster than lacrosse shot. There's a death element to it. That's, that's yeah. Cool. It's but, like deadlier than baseball. <laughs> like a, imagine getting hit in the face with a baseball. Right, and there's no face mask, but the games are all fixed. That's the whole point of the betting thing. Is it like fixed? It's all these like Cuban guys in Miami, like Ryan's saying, they're all betting money and shit. It's like the Thai kickboxing thing where. I don't know. They're fixed? Like, the games are fi- Like, WWE? Or you mean there's, like... It's rigged, yeah. The the, the outcomes are... Oh. And what? And high lie. Oh, I could huh. see that. Because it's, like, that. less of a protected or, like, hyped-up league, so there's... It's, like it's nobody easily corruptible. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, like, it's choreographed, like, WWE. Like, no. Okay. You're saying it's, it's corrupt. It's not that <laughs> scripted. There's, yeah. there's, like, yeah. Just corrupt. It's not like the NFL where everything's already written yeah. up. Before and it's not starts. as bad. It's not as rigged as the NBA. So, <laughs> fuck. Okay, let's transition. I want to talk about this Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> have you guys seen this? Yet? Which one, dude? I've always said me and Zach were even at the like golf multiple? course last week, and somebody brought up Patrick Mahomes, and we said like, dude, yeah, but his brother, but like, his brother, fuck though. that dude. Super weird, man. Oh yeah, got something like, for us? Hey Drew, pull that up. Watch, he's, he's like uh, chokes her. He grabs her. It's oh, yeah. really crazy. Creep. She's like Creep grabbing him. at his hand. He's, he's She's like pushing him she's away. She's clearly, yeah. Textbook uh, crime. They're like Predator. in the back room of a bar or something like that, right? I'm not yeah. exactly sure, but it's really bad. I don't yeah, know, dude, Zach, I do you that. follow him on TikTok? Are you a big fan of his no, dances or something? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I don't know. He, I feel uh, like he's just trying to gain popularity through his brother. Yeah, and he's coattails. trying to like be like a heel. Like you hate him so much that you want to see whatever the hell yeah. he's doing. Almost like Jake Paul, right? Way. Not, I mean, I respect Jake Paul more than that, but <laughs> right. I think it's like he started out being earnest about everything, and then he's sort of leaning into the fact yeah. that it's cringy. He's like, I, I can't go back. There's no turning back. Which is fine. It, it, it's almost like the Jake Paul thing where you kind of respect him more afterwards. Like, okay, he's in on the joke now. Yeah. But with this, it's like, okay. It's like, I don't even you're know if to, he's like, in on the joke. You're trying to, like, use your power to fucking. And now he's assaulting women. It's super weird, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's like Patrick Mahomes is already popular enough. Like, he's going to get enough publicity yeah. just, just off of his brother. He, he doesn't have to be anything yeah. special. Just be a yeah. normal dude. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, you, Hell, you, start a podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Jack, if Jackson right. Holmes was like a normal, or not even a normal dude, but just not a weirdo and an asshole, like he he would have like a platform just based right. off twenty percent less douchebag. Like he'd he, be yeah. fine. He could just yeah. give an insight of his brother's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be genius. Or uh, do whatever know. the fuck he <laughs> likes to do. I don't know. Besides being a creep. So I I feel bad now that I'm doing this because I was like, oh, this will be funny, you know, like. I, 
guy's a douche. But now I'm like, oh, we're just publicly shitting on this guy that we don't even know, all this stuff. Now I'm like kind of feeling nah, bad about it that now dude. a little bit. Nah, but fuck that nope. Dude. Fuck <laughs> Not a chance. No remorse? Okay. No. Right, never mind. I didn't no. think so. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. So now let's talk about the Q Shaman. Have you been following this at all, Kepster? This Jan know, 6 shit. Is this a Q or not? Oh, that guy. That The video of the guy and he's getting <laughs> right. led around He's, he's by basically being escorted around inside yeah. of the Capitol building. So yeah. yeah. This is Tucker talking about it. He posted this video. Tucker. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. He He's really propagandizing the whole thing. He's like, this is what they told you it was like. And there's people breaking windows and stuff. Yeah. This is what it's actually like. It's probably a little bit of both somewhere it's in between. It's probably a mix. Somewhere yeah. in between, yeah. But it is crazy that they have like six police officers uh, escorting the guy with the fucking I horns around. And they, like, they're like trying it's to so get in comedic. doors and they're locked. And they're like, okay, let's go to like, the next one. Like They're like yeah. showing him around. It's crazy. Yeah. I think it's funny that <clears throat> on one end people are saying it was like, a threat to democracy and it was like a coup. Yeah. No, I, and then on the one end, people saying it's not a big deal because, like, obviously that's a big fucking deal. But the reality is somewhere in between. But so a woman did die, right? Didn't uh, a police officer shoot it, into the crowd and like shoot yeah. a woman? Yeah, I think so. It was. I think that was it. I think it was like a security guard or something died too, or like somebody who was. The I think he had a heart attack it. though. I think there was a couple deaths that were just like heart attacks. Yeah, but is that Fox News just trying to? Maybe it is. Maybe I'm I'm manipulated. I don't know. CNN parked a food truck right there. <laughs> They're responsible for those heart attacks. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. But also, I think all these sh- people should probably get fines or go to jail for this, right? Like, yeah. you did break into definitely. a yeah, public definitely. building, right? I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. Not, uh, that's not that crazy. I'm not saying they should not be in jail. Um, like, the reaction right after it was like, Oh, they're trying to steal the go- or like take over the government right. or whatever. When that would never like, happen, yeah, dude. Even if they like killed some congressmen and women, like that, what what are you talking about here? Like if they it, killed they, some, they overblew it. Like it would like they were like like were there people in there actually trying to find Nancy Pelosi and kill Nancy Pelosi? Because I wouldn't would be, be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, could happen. I wouldn't think it didn't seem like any of these people were trying to fucking kill people, you know, because they were, like, being cordial with the, the yeah, cops based, there. Based you know? on this it's, video, yeah. It's just kind of weird because I feel like even in that situation, they didn't really know what they were doing either. They were – if somebody was out there and being violent, they might follow – they might have followed that, you know. It's just like that mob mentality. Yeah. I don't know. The I, whole thing was dumb. I just always say – it would take so much for me to actually go protest something. Yeah, yeah. dude. You would yeah, have yeah, yeah. to be taking all of my money and not allowing me to work or something yeah, to, yeah. for me to like leave my house with the sign to go right. protest some shit. You so know? now past protesting though, what about Antifa? These guys mm-hmm. go just to they entice protests. Yeah. They just to rile and protest and rile yeah. shit up. And right. it's like So that's the other thing. Were there agent provocateurs involved in January 6th? That sure, were Tucker, Tucker brought up people that question. People breaking the windows first and then getting people that were regular all round there, up. There were. Rogan, there were multiple FBI agents there. Like, that just, like, came out a while ago. Right. Rogan always uh, says, like, there's a story about this guy who... There was two guys who planted a bomb, and there was 14 FBI agents that coerced these two guys into basically doing this bombing. You know, so they can say, "Oh, we caught the guys that did the fucking." Exactly, and then it's like, well, it was actually just two. That's a perfect microcosm of government. You know, (laughs) right? We'll catch them before they do anything wrong. But it's like you're creating the problem and selling the solution. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, creating the problem and selling the solution. Yeah. Um. 
It's like that. There was I was listening to Rogan the other day, and there, he was talking about this story of, um, I think it was FBI. It must have been FBI in Miami. I want to say they went like basically into the hood or whatever and tried to like recruit people for some uh, like fake terrorist organization. <laughs> they literally taught them how to build a bomb, gave them all the materials on how to build right. a bomb, and convinced them to go bomb this place, <laughs> this federal building. Yeah. And then when the guys were like, "Oh yeah, okay, we'll do it," and then they fucking built the bomb. The FBI rented a van so they could drive the bomb to the place, and then when they got in the van, they pulled them over, and they're like, we got gotcha. you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I might be butchering the details, but it's like... I'm sure it's the same story. Definitely not FBI, the first time that's happened. Yeah. Right. But so, again, do that I think all these people should be on some sort of a list. They should go to jail. They should have to pay fines, right? They should be heavily monitored. They should have yeah. to do community service. There they were multiple have. mistakes made. Right, exactly. They should be watched, because these people are people that will be radicalized enough to... They're susceptible enough to do this shit. Yeah, Imagine they, yeah. if they went all the way to DC. Yeah. yeah, it's easy for the media to like spin this like January sixth as bad because it's like kind of based off some questionable like phony shit. Like the election right. was a steal or whatever. Which the I election don't, was I don't, stolen. Yeah, I don't personally believe that. A lot of I, conservatives do think that. I know. Yeah, I know. They're very convinced. I know. Right. Very convinced. Right. But it's like that versus uh yeah. Like, pretty like fucked up thing that happened to George Floyd that's like an ongoing narrative like it's so easy to spin that into like all oh, these riots are like, it's so easy to get people riled up into it and like yeah. keep buying into that yeah because like you're kind of preying on that uh emotion of people and people are you know pissed off They're like and oh we're, n- we're you're really gonna talk about the riots when uh this bad shit is happening and then it's like oh you talk get about people to focus on something else. Yeah, you talk about January 6th. It's like super debatable, like reason behind it. Then it's like right easier to spin. Did you guys watch the Andrew Callahan? Um, I think it's called Who's the, that? This is America. He's a dude from Channel Five. He all gas, no brakes. He's like the he wears the brown suit and he's got the curly hair. He's yeah. kind of awkward looking. All, all gas, gas, no, no brakes guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So now he's got his own show called Channel Five uh, on YouTube. But anyways, on HBO he made he made this. Um, it's like an hour and a half maybe movie on everything that led up to January 6th. So he was like just filming all the shit around the country, right? He drives around the RV and films random weird stuff. And he kept getting into these QAnon stuff and he's filming all these weird people. And then they all end up going to the, the Jan 6th thing. It's crazy. He mm-hmm. does this whole interview with Alex Jones and everything. And he's a super left wing and anti all this. He's recording it as like parody. A parody, Exactly. Yeah. It's really, really... It's it's incredible how he does it. And he infiltrates like the Proud Boys. <laughs> Shit, it's nuts, man. That's really guy's good. Awesome. If you want to if you want to watch it, you, you should really check it out. But um, it just really it's terrifying. There's this little boy who's like six years old, and his dad is into Q and oh. uh, and all this stuff. And that kid's the, fucked. The little yeah. kid is just like Nancy Pelosi's a lizard person, and Joe Biden is a robot who drinks baby's blood, and like all this shit, right? And he's he's repeating it as if it's like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. Right? You know? He yeah, like he's loves so passionate about it. Right? Yeah. It's like a fairy like, tale to him, you know? It's the fantasy or like the dramatization no, aspect but they, of it. They buy into it. And the yeah. kid, line and sinker. the kid, <laughs> He's six years old, man. He doesn't know any better. That's like Santa you? Claus, bro. You know, Damn. like you believe Santa Claus when your you're six years old. Your parents tell you something, and you believe it 100. Yeah. percent yeah. yeah, especially at that it's age. Terrifying. So, anyways, after the, the Jan Six stuff happens, they interview that family again, like a year later, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was pretty fucked." Wasn't up. our best judgment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like kind of backpedaling, and the know. kids just like 
so fucking. He had like no friends at school, right? So Shocker. like, so, yeah, exactly. Right, his sister had a couple friends, but he didn't, and like that's why he like really got into it, right? And he was just like, it's so fucked up that like it didn't happen, and like you know, like you could see like the remorse in the kid's face, like what this wasn't real, you know? It's yeah. like, and he's like eight years old or something, just fucking horrible, man. Mm. It's so sad. Um. Okay, let's end on tornado <laughs> cash. Um. <laughs> There's this dude who's on Reddit this week talking all about NFTs and Sam Bankman-Fried, CoffeeZilla. I don't know if you know anything about this guy. He exposed the Liver King and he exposed all these scams and Logan Paul oh, and I've all heard the about shit. That. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. His whole doing YouTube, the important work. Right. His whole YouTube page is about exposing frauds and all that stuff. Right. Kind of shitty in his own way, but honestly, I feel like he was a good guy overall. I don't know. Anyway, so Tornado Cash it was just this interesting thing where he was basically saying that this is how you wash your money in crypto. Um, because everything in crypto is on the blockchain. That's the whole idea, right? You, you see all the transactions. Everything's public to everybody, right? And that's why it's safe because nobody can steal the money because you can see where the money would be sent to, basically, right? But so with this thing called Tornado Cash and these, I forget what he called it, like washing machines or something like that. You basically put in a million dollars, you know, X company puts in a million dollars worth of Bitcoin into this thing. And then over a couple days, you get all the money back. Okay, but it's only in dollar increments. Okay, and so there's 10,000 people all putting all this money into it. It's getting washed, right? And Mm -hmm. a dollar is getting sent. So there's a billion transactions and you can't follow where all the money goes because you don't know where it all came from, right? It'd be impossible to figure it out. Right, 10,000 transactions per person times 10,000, yeah. Exactly. And so that's how Sam Baker and Freed hypothetically was able to hide the money and move it around and everything. I think you should look into it, Shortsy. I should have brought it up to you last week so you could come here and explain it all to me, but it's just really interesting. I don't, dude, the thing is, I don't really know that shit about Bitcoin blockchain, you know? That's more of a tech question. Okay. We need to get a resident tech guy. Yeah. (laughs) You got to get a consultant. And so there's another thing that that he said that Sam Baker Freed was mislabeling accounts that had $10 million in it. He's like, oh, I must have mislabeled it. I didn't know that's what it was called. But Oops. he was saying, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oops, so he was able to keep it hidden off the books. It's just really, really weird. You should check out CoffeeZilla Shorts. I think you might might get into it. But I'll check it out. Okay. Uh, I think we did what we need to get done here. Zach, thank you for coming out. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. I had Glad a fun to day. Here. Yeah, it was Hell a great fun. time. Gabster, thanks for coming in and closing it out on the tail end. Mm-hmm. Uh, no problem. And Ryan, as always, thank you for being the... The mule. <laughs> the <laughs> non <laughs> co-host, co-host. But uh, all right. I appreciate the title, Drew. <laughs> all right. <laughs>